0: What I'd like to speak about is very important ideas uh, in terms of history and the messianic process, which I've been speaking about for some so long already, you know, uh, and so on, you know. In any case, <clears throat> first you have to understand something, okay? People make a mistake. What did God create? It's a good question. We you know, he created. In the beginning, God created, right? Everything. What did he create, really? Most people think, well, he created the universe. You know, he created the universe, and so on. Which is things. He created things. Objects, things, and so on, you know? But people don't understand something, which is a sheer that I will eventually give, who is God, you know? God created everything. What does that mean, everything? There are three categories of things or topics. First is He created objects, everything planets, stars, trees, you know, you know objects. That's what He created. But what God also created is concepts, ideas, right? Like the idea, for the idea of. Uh, Love, war, anger, not the thing, but the concept. He created concepts. In fact, if he had not created concepts, you couldn't think. You wouldn't have anything to think about. People don't realize that, you know, and our mind is always filled with concepts, but he's created the concept itself, which is amazing. You know, it's an idea in the mind, you know, that you understand. That's a creative thing. And then the third thing he created is the laws of existence itself. Existence has laws. For instance, between existence and non-existence, there's no middle. Think about that. There's no middle. As they say in English, you either is or you ain't. Right? There's no middle here. Well, why not? Because God made existence in that way. It's amazing. The absolute control that God has that he could determine what existence is governed by and what it is not, you see. That's a, and so on, you see. So he created those three things. Now, what did he create in the beginning? Think about that. The first thing he created, right, was the concept of an other. Interesting, Zoro, An other, because before the creation, Even the idea other didn't exist. It was only God. There was nothing else. Even the concept of other did not exist. So God created the concept of, besides me, this can be something else. You know? Okay. But basically, the first thing that he created is a concept called toiv, good. Before God created the concept called good, there was no such thing as good. Not that there was the evil. There was nothing. You couldn't think of good or evil. It didn't exist. An astounding concept. You mean, I can't think of good? No. It doesn't exist. So where are you going to pull it out of? Even if you, had, even if you were, existed, there was nothing to think about. There were no ideas. So God created an other. The concept of other, and then he created the concept called Toy good. It's a very important idea. Okay. And what he did is he decided, because God has no personality, everything is created. has no personality. Even when we say God is good, God is only good because he decided that he wants to adapt the costume called good. Interesting concept, but is God good? No. Is he bad? No. He doesn't have this. It's not part of his persona. Interesting concept. So God creates the concept called good, and He says, I'm going to adopt it. I'm always going to be good. Interesting. It's a way of looking at the whole idea of what God did and what God didn't do, and so on. Anyway, now, among the concept of good is the concept of fair. It's called mitisayoshe. You know, hey, you have to be fair. You see, not just good, you have to be fair. Now, in Ha'azinu it says, right, it says, God is a tzaddik, which means he's just. It means there's not one thing that you can ascribe to him that's unjust. Nothing. That means if you're standing by a meter in Brooklyn, and you need to put a quarter in the meter, right, and you put your hand in your pocket, and out comes a nickel. Right? Who did that? God. Because he wants you to experience a, a, a very small amount of pain, frustration, that you came out with a nickel. Yeah, it's all part of the design, right? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so you're gonna, someday you're going to face God, and you're going to say to God, well, why did you have me pull out a nickel? And God is going to show you exactly why you deserved to have the frustration, and that's why he made you pull out a nickel. It sounds like, huh? I'm mean, like, you know, how irrelevant is that? No, because the, the frustration that you had must be justified. Even if it's five seconds, The makes a difference. That's what it means in how you know, it's shabbat. Every single thing that happens to you must be justified. And if it's not, then God forbid the Torah is lying. That's not it. You don't realize that. That's how exacting you can hold God to his statement. Because if the Torah says it, it must be true. Totally true. Or as they say, absolutely true. You see? But it also says, Tabit V'yosha, And God is straight, righteous. You see? What does that mean? That means even if something is just, who says it's good? You know? I mean, it's just, okay, the guy says, okay, I deserve this, right? You say I want this? Of course not. So God is fair because God understands what the human being goes through, obviously. He created humans, right? He understands the situation of man, mankind. He understands the struggles. And he understands that you're always trying to defy a satanic being who's always trying to influence you to sin, right, without getting into what all that is, right? So, it's what they say in Yiddish, which means, unfortunately, you know? So, he understands the situation. So, what God does, he's fair. It's okay. How does the fear, the, the concept of fear is manifest? It always gives you a second chance. You know? Justice doesn't have a second chance. You either did it or you didn't do it. And justice means you suffer the consequences. Yes? But God is fair. He says, okay, you know, I'll give you a makeup exam, as they say. I'll give you a second chance. So the concept of a second chance is the concept of God is fair. He understands the struggles. You know, i give you a second chance, right, and so on. Some people, he gives much more than that. But he's always given mankind a second chance, always. So let's take a look at the history of man, you see? And then you can understand how it plays into the messianic era, concept of fairness, okay? Okay, so Audemarshii, he had a test, right? And he was supposed to listen to the command of God, not from the tree. Fine. He failed. So he failed, and he is mankind, him and his wife, and that was it, you know? So in God, instead of God terminating the whole thing, the justice would say, too bad. You had the chance, which itself is a chesed, because God doesn't have to give you a chance, and God doesn't have to give you this opportunity to live forever. That itself is a tremendous act of kindness. You know, you think about it, you know, wow, you will give me a chance to have eternal life? What in the world is eternal life? It's incredible. It never ends. You know, imagine if you were able to have unlimited amount of wealth and you went into a shopping store, and you could be eternally in the shopping store, right? And how would that work? Because all of a sudden, right, you would have, uh, you know, um, done one mitzvah. One mitzvah, you get eternal shopping experience. Wow. You can't believe what a chesed that is, right? So God gives the mitzvahs, right? And he says this is the opportunity to earn eternal life, infinite bliss eternally, you know, incredible, so therefore God gives a second chance, now if Odom failed, God could say to Odom, too bad, <coughs> the mere fact that he gave it the him, or the chance is incredible, the gift really, he failed, it's over, so God said no, I will allow Odom to live, right, so he lived for 930 years, but he gave the second chance to Kainan and Abel, they took over this place, and that's why the Torah tells us about kind and Evil. Not only because kind killed Evil, unfortunately, you know, because the world continued really to kind and Evil. So the Torah tells us, okay, that's called the second chance, right? Of course, that ended the disaster, but kind killed Evil. we well, going to tell a story, right? So then God said, okay, I'm going to remove that. But God truly allowed to go on. Now, mankind began to sin. essentially. So the Medrash says that in the generation of Sheis, one of the children of Odom and so on, right? Mankind was terrible. So what did God do? He brought a flood. Yes, the first flood was not Noah. The first flood was a generation of Sheis. And God flooded one-third of the planet. The Medrash, you know, one-third of the planet, that's what it says. And the other third of the planet, he turned the men into monkeys yeah he took away the telemark Kim, obviously whoever deserved it so he took away the image of god which means they got they did not become human they became uh apes gorillas chimpanzees which are incredibly human-like you know which is interesting you know they, i think the dna the difference in dna between a monkey and a human is like 98 percent. there's no difference two i think two percent is the difference imagine that 2% separates you from being a monkey. Although some people can achieve that without even that
1: 2%. Anyway,
0: you know, but this is what uh, so, and, and so, which is interesting because that's exactly contrary to Darwin. Right? Darwin says, right, we come from monkeys. And the medra says that monkeys come from man, and as a result of the generation of chase. So that was the first warning that God said to to the world, watch it, you know? You guys are obviously sinning, but the sin is a corruption of civilization. That's really what it is, you see? But he gave the warning, so then he gave the second chance. Okay, who spoiled the chance? Noach. the generation of Neyach. They didn't heed the warning, right? And they sinned terribly, you know? But the major sin was abnormal. What's called LGBTQ, which I speak about. You know, that's abnormal. That's not natural. You see, so therefore, what God did is He brought the flood. Now you have to understand. And by the way, this explains what's happening today. You see, if you commit a sin which is abnormal, it's one thing to commit, like a person commits adultery. You know, it's a sin, but it's normal. You see, doing it with the, with the right person. You know but the, the homosexuals, well, all these, things are, this is abnormal. It's not natural. It's abnormal. So God said the punishment will be abnormal. That is why you're looking at uh, then, right? So he flooded the world, that which is abnormal. The world doesn't get flooded, right? So the flood was really because of the measure for measure. we the connected leader. You want to commit this kind of stuff, abnormal, I will visit upon you an abnormal punishment. You'll die from water, all of you. So imagine flooding the earth beyond the mountains. What We're watching today, as I've said many times, we are watching abnormal weather extremes. Abnormal. You know, this whole concept where Europe is flooded, or somebody showed me turkeys on fire, and nobody knows why. One third of turkeys on fire. You know, or earthquakes, you know, or, you know, what's happening in the fires in the Midwest and so on and so forth. The reason why weather extremes, which are really not normal, is happening because mankind is committing abnormal sins. You see? It's a measure for measure. That's basically what it is. And it will continue. This is the problem. And as time goes on, it will get worse. Because this is the God is clear. He says, okay, I'm going to warn you people. All of this is warnings. But mankind is not eating. They say, well, I'm not God. You know what it is. Climate control. Climate change, right? So they chalked it off to science. You see? But it will continue and get much worse. You see? In any case, so he gave the world a second chance. You see? Now, the next time it happened... It God visited Abraham, uh, Abram of Eno, And he said, look, for 2,000 years, the world is sinning. You know, there was the flood, which I destroyed the world. I will resurrect the world, right, with two Noach and his sons and so on, right? And um, I'll give him another 800 years or whatever it is, right? Until you get to the generation of the dispersion, the doh Flogger, you see? And what God wanted to do, you see, is he said, listen, I've given mankind 2,000 years to rectify creation, to do my job, you see. But they're failing. Now I swore I won't bring a flood, right? Mm-hmm. But this is no good. Avonavim is the only one doing my will. And therefore, I'm going to give the world one more chance right, before I switch out, which is really an incredible idea, very important. In other words, God needs somebody to do his will to complete the task, which is called pico-rectification, which means to bring God back into the creation. You see? So he wants to do that. But he needs somebody doing what? He needs somebody listening to his will. You see? So he said, I'm going to give the world another chance. What is that chance? I'm going to take mankind and I'm going to appoint two possible leaders. One of them is Nimrod, and he's going to try to convince the world to keep sinning. The other one is Aromavino, and I'll see what happens. If the world follows Nimrod, I must disperse the planet. Because until then, the Torah tells us, there was only one nation with one language. I must disperse the planet. If however they follow Avram and Eno, right, then I will allow mankind to do the Tikkun. And I don't need the Jews. The only reason why the Jews took over is because the world followed Nimrod and they built this tower The to war with God. You see, so God said, okay, I gave you a chance. You don't want to do this, right? So I will now give the ability to do it to Abraham, Abraham you know, and his descendants. But what about the rest of the world, the, right? There was only one nation. There was no 70 nations. So what God did is He dispersed all mankind into 70 nations. That's the origin of a non-Jew. You see, that's where they come from. Before the dispersion, which happened in the year 1996. 1,996 years after the world was created. 1996, that's when it happened. And Avraham Avinu, right, he was 48 years old when the Doha Flogger happened. Generation of dispersion. But the reason why it happened is because God said, look, if you do my will, I will allow all mankind to be so-called Jewish. Not, Not Jewish, really, but you will be, all humanity will be able to bring you back. But what happens if you sin and you follow Nimrod? then I'm going to split all of you up and give you different languages because that makes sure that everybody has different cultures and I'm going to give the ability to pecan only to Abraham, to Avraham Avino. You see? Chance. The opportunity to avoid dispersion. Now why would God do that? Why would he disperse the planet? Because it's a big problem. And it also tells us also what's going on today. You know, there are so many answers to today's history if you look at the stories of Torah. All the answers there, and I'm about to answer a very important question. Actually, two questions, right? Why would God want to disperse the nations? Just keep them. Let let there be Avram Avinu. Fine, you want to choose Avram because he's doing your will? Fine. So let Avram Avinu do it. Why split the rest into seven, 69 nations? You, you hear the question? Why? You leave them in one, and Avraham will be one nation. Oh, wow. Why do that? That is the question. And the answer to that question is this. Because if God would allow Avromavino and his descendants to do the Tikkun and to take it away from everybody else, right, guess what would happen? Then the nation, if there would be one nation and Avromavino, then that nation would develop an incredible jealousy, of Avromavino. And that is the origin of anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. the difference between a Jew and a Jew. And because of that, since Avromavino, right, and there's only one other nation, guess what? The other nation is going to multiply, and they'll kill the Jews. So therefore God says, well, what I have to do is distract that nation. I'm going to split them. So instead of warring with the Jews, they'll fight amongst themselves. Now, isn't that an interesting strategy? That's exactly what he did. He did that so the Jews can survive and do the tikkun, do listen to God, right? Right? And what about the other nations that hate the Jews? Because the origin of anti-Semitism really, there are several, is that a, a guy can feel something when he's near a Jew. There's something different. And what he's really feeling is the soul of a Jew. And he doesn't have that type of neshama. So there's a rage that he's not even aware of. And that's the origin. That's the spiritual origin of anti-Semitism. So that's what God saw. If I allow this one nation, they're going to kill the Jews. So I have to distract them. How? By splitting them, and now they're going to fight with each other, which has been happening for thousands of years. Right? In the beginning, right, when uh, uh, the uh, Islam was killing Jews, and Mohammed and so on, so God allowed Christianity to rise. So now it's between Islam and Christianity. And the Jews go scot-free. I mean, it's not scot-free, but they're able to survive. And so God does that. He will create disunity, among Goyim, as a distraction, stop killing the Jews. You see? That's one of the reasons why there's a rise in anti-Semitism. So one of the ways that God is going to solve that problem is how? Is by distracting the Goyim. By having all kinds of problems, wars, and problems of the Goyim. Climate, right? Then there's Iran, there's North Korea, right? There's China. So they're all busy trying to figure out what to do so basically, even though there is anti-Semitism, it's nowhere near what it would be if everybody was Bashar, peace. They'd all focus on, let's get the Jew. You see? That's why, there's such incredible amount of this, uh, that's why there's such an incredible amount of disunity in the world to save the tremendous amount of onslaught that the Jews would have if it was basically a unified nation. Now not that interesting? And, by the way, since we, um, here's the clincher. Here's the clincher. As we come to the end of time, yes, when the Jews will have done most of the Tukum, yes, it's not necessary to keep the world uh, disunified. Because, you know, right? Because we're almost at the end of time, right? We're almost at the end of time, Right? The tikkun is almost complete, so it's not necessary to keep the world separate, right? On the contrary, God wants to bring everybody together, you see. So when he knocks everybody out, it'll be with one head instead of 15 heads, you see. So what God does is, which is very interesting, and you will now understand something very important in God's events. God said, I have to create an organization that will bring everybody together, You see? What organization is that? United Nations. That's why the UN exists. Not because the world loves to be. The reason is because the necessity of keeping the world separate is no longer necessary. Because the Jews have done their tikkun. You see? So I'm not worried that the world is going to try to kill the Jews. Because the tikkun is basically complete. But I want to now unite the world. Because when I now bring the world to the end, right, and I want to show the, 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 the goyim and punish them or whatever, I will do it as one blow to one nation. So God puts in the mind to have the United Nations. Isn't that interesting? But guess what? Do you remember the original reason why he spread out the nations? Because if it would only be one nation and the Jews, then this one nation would kill the Jews. It would have tremendous anti-Semitism. Do you know what the U.N. is basically about? An anti-Semitic body. And that's interesting. That's exactly why God split it, which is what we understand. You see the logic of it? He was right. If the world remains united, they will kill the Jews. You see? I remember I once read an article in Reader's Digest a long time ago, and they had an article about the... Uh, if you remember the Reader's Digest, one of the old, you know... Anyway, they had an article about the U.N. So they said... They do not understand why is it that 93% of all the resolutions in the General Assembly is always anti-Israel? You know the answer. Because that's what happens when the UN is united, or when the world is united. The Jew will suffer terribly. So the way to save the Jews while they do this, do their mission, is you must distract the world. You see? So in the beginning, the distraction meant you got to separate them, you know. But now that the teaching is complete, God on the contrary wants to bring them together. So in the end of time, they all are part of a wake-up. They are going to be the woke people, mm-hmm. as you they say. The what? How do we know?
2: How do we know? How do we, we know? know that the Tikkun is complete?
0: Mm-hmm. Um... I'm going to continue. I'm going to answer that and get off track. I I can answer the question, but I don't know how much explanation you need. The reason why it's over, how do I know? It's a very good question, right? Because God would never have allowed the world as as a unit to become so corrupt as to have LGBTQ because that is a game changer. God destroyed the world, right, by the flood. Why? Because everybody was having relations with everybody else. And I'll give you the proof because the Medrash says, that he had this the reason why the decree was sealed to destroy the world at the time of Noah, I, why? Fascinating. And what did it? Right? What was the hammer blow that God said, it's over? You know what it was? Because when a guy would marry a guy, this is the message, and if he would marry an animal, that's what they did. Right? Yeah, you know. Whatever. Uh, whatever, Sheep. Whatever. I don't get to know that. Right?
1: <laughs> but, and,
0: and, right? He would write the guy or the sheep. I mean, whatever it was, right? Yeah, animal, right? Uh, he would write a ksuba, which is legally legal, uh, what do you call responsibilities that he has toward this. So it's one thing if you want to sin and do what you want. That's fine. That's one thing. But you're going to make it legal? That means it's going to spread to the whole world because it's now legal. That means the world recognizes right, your union. Huh? That's the ultimate corruption of nature. Like I said, that's why God destroyed right, the world in an unnatural way. You want to be unnatural with me? Guess what? I'm going to wipe you out with an unnatural way. And therefore the flood is obviously unnatural. You see? That's how I know. So the problem is, and I always mention that, because you don't even want to be around when God goes after these two guys. First guy is Anthony Kennedy, who constitutionalized, right? That anybody can marry basically anybody he wants and it's protected by the Constitution, it's over. Because the only way to get, to get rid of that is a constitutional amendment, which we know is not gonna happen, it gets worse, right? That means and it's over, because that means the world will not, we can't have charoto on what they did. It's not reversible, you see. That's how we know basically that it's over. And then a the guy, Niels Gorsuch, which is incredible, because he's a conservative, he came out with this brilliant idea that what determines what gender you are, you do. You do. You actually determine your gender. So therefore, if a guy wants to walk around in a dress, and he says, you know why? Because I'm a woman. You cannot discriminate against him. He has a right to say he's a woman. Right? Which is incredible. That, that's Neil Gorsuch, you know. So between them both, they have now destroyed civilization. You don't realize the input. Actually, you probably do realize, you walk around in Brooklyn or Manhattan, you can't believe what's there. You know, I mean, I I don't go to these places, but people tell me you can't believe. Like, people tell me that today, that if you're not a homosexual, they look down at you. It's, it's, It's hard to believe that, is what people tell me, you see. But what does that mean? That means not only is it an alternative lifestyle, not only is it legally sanctioned, but it has become a preferred lifestyle. You think God is gonna to tolerate this? Because that is the collapse of civilization, obviously. What?
2: When somebody, has a baby, what? Not, when somebody is birth, I agree with they're not allowed to say what gender is. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, no. They're not allowed to say, when your child let's say okay, I was there, my child was giving birth. Doctor is not allowed to say
0: what it is it? A boy or girl? What can you say? I
2: have an ask. on
0: my What is it? Well, he probably told you, well, you'll ask the kid when he grows up. He gave the
2: child to my daughter. What? He gave the child to my daughter. Now, was he was but I thought that he was just caught up with that because he was intense. I thought it because he was caught up with this situation, but not. Because they're not allowed to say, legally,
0: they're not allowed to boy, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. say, boy or girl. Yeah,
2: yeah. What's one thing? What, is that
0: what did he say? A humanoid. I'm like, and, what, what? and then when I
2: asked him, he was allowed
0: to say. Oh, he couldn't volunteer it himself.
2: He's not allowed to say what is it is unless someone asks him, "What is it?"
0: So why is he allowed to say it then? That's
2: the protocol, and and, and other people heard me say it and they said, "Yes, yeah, that's the
0: protocol." <laughs> well, you see what's happening. And so what what you're seeing is ultimately we are now equivalent to the Doha model. Well, what does that mean? That means the only thing that saves this world is a rainbow, is God swore he would not destroy the world, right? At one time. Or well, what he can do is take out different pieces of the world, which he's doing. That's why you see unnatural events all over the place, you know? To show you the ultimate Destruction. And, which is important. You know, I'm, I'm connecting with people today so you can relate to this. You know, to show you the power of God. Because what if, if something happened that nobody would ever have believed? Nobody. You know what that is? The collapse of New York City. Nobody would ever have believed. Manhattan. Manhattan is the showcase of the world. You walk. I mean, I haven't been to Manhattan. Who knows how long? You know. If people say you go to Manhattan. What is it? It looks like a... You know, you, 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 yeah. yeah, you get mugged, you homeless. get killed, homeless, drug addict, you name it. Yeah. Or, you know Who would have believed 30 years ago that Manhattan, Manhattan would look like this? Why? God destroyed. This is not de Blasio. Of course it's de Blasio. God used him. But the destruction of the showcase of the world Basically, is the destruction or the collapse of civilization. And God chose the capital of the world. New York City is the Manhattan, you know, so is the capital. It's not an accident. This is the punishment that the world should go through. So, what God did is he picked the best city, showcase, and destroyed it. It's incredible what he did. And it's not only Manhattan, right? New York, it's Atlanta. LA, Oregon, Portland, Chicago.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: the amount of murders that go on every day, right, it's incredible. Every weekend, 50 people are shot. It's like, what is this? Yeah. You know? It's like wild Mama, exactly, yeah. So what you see is an incredible thing. This is the marble. We're not waiting for a marble. This is the marble. You don't realize that. What is a marble? Mm-hmm. A marble is an unnatural way to destroy society, except so God used the water. But the problem is, He swore that He won't do it to the whole planet, right? He swore. But He is doing it, he's but not it. the whole planet. What?
2: He's doing pieces by pieces. Exactly.
0: But look what He's doing it to. He's doing it to major cities. We're not talking about these. Like He's doing it to uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, New New Jersey. I mean, He's doing it to major cities how because God is putting in the mind of all these democratic mayors you know to destroy them all it's astounding what he's doing people don't recognize this as an act of God because it never happened before nobody believes it you go to Manhattan you can't believe this is Manhattan or which they talk about as a legend the greatest city on earth you know what I'm saying and it's not just manhattan it's not New York, although New York is the most guilty New York and California are the most guilty of all of them you know uh and, and of course they they all said that homosexuality is perfect, on the contrary, they all permitted it, and so on you know but um, so this is the concept of what we're seeing you see, and that's the u n the u n brings everybody together because the u n is the undoing of the generation of dispersion. not interesting. Something that happened 4,000 years ago is the exact explanation for something that is happening now. Isn't that amazing? You just have to understand why it happened 4,000 years ago, right? That's the whole point, you know? It's just like, wow, yeah, it's interesting. God spread the whole planet. Why, you know? And that's why. It's all due to the fact that the Jews took over the process of rectifying creation by doing these mitzvahs. That's what it's all about, you see. Now, therefore, fine. So we now have Avromavino, He's the guy. All his descendants are the guy, right? And that's it. God has now created a concept called Goi. nation. There was no such thing as nations, plural. It's just one nation. And he's now created a concept called nationhood. It's amazing. 17 nations. Those are the roots. And now Avraham Avinu, Go. And that's why God makes a separate covenant with Abraham Abino in Grecius, uh, in Rishpin Absalom is called. He makes a covenant with pieces, if you remember the Chumash, right? And God says, you're the guy. I make an agreement with you that you and your descendants will do the tikkun. And I'm taking it away from the rest of mankind. Wait a minute. What about the Yashas? Yosha. Yosha means, what about being fair? Oh, so I said, there's always a second chance. Was there? Yes. God, as Martin Torah, the measure says, he went around to every nation. We don't know exactly what form, but he went around to every nation and in some way inspired them. Maybe we should become more moral. So every nation had a reason why they didn't want. You know, uh, you know Aesop said, uh, well, are you allowed to kill? Nope, you can't murder. Sorry. We can't live with that. Yishmoel, God said, uh, We well, want the Torah? And Yishmuel said, Well, what's in it? You can't steal. So, what the guy said, Yishmoel said, Excuse me. You know, we live on stealing, right? And so on, you know. Every nation had an excuse. This is what the Mendes I mean, the, the Gemara Chazal said, you know. Therefore, that was a second chance. And if they would have said yes, guess what? Then the nation would have walked over to the Jews and said, Move over. We're part of you we are now also with a covenant of God. Even though they would have remained as a separate nation, that's true, just like they're separate tribes, but it's one nation that does the teaching. you see? That's what would have happened. I gave them a second chance, but they all blew it. They said, every one of them said no, you see? And uh, finally came over to the Jews, and he said, do you want it? And And they, of course, they asked them, they asked them, well, what does it cost? to have this. So God said it doesn't cost anything. It's free. So they said in that case, we'll take two. <laughs> and that's why there are two us. a difference. Anyway, that's what they said. Anyway, uh, now, so we've been doing this, we've been doing this for 4,000 years, right? 4,000 years, a long time. But God always impeachs us that he only gives a second chance. You see, so the second chance, right, comes by the sin of the golden calf. Uh-oh, golden calf, Jews worship the golden calf, or it was the era and so on, you know, and God says, because you did that, right, Moshe Rabbeinu cannot be the Mashiach in Yusuf. That's really who he was. Had the Jews not sinned at the golden calf, that was the last test, which is the golden calf, which I once explained, right, if they withheld that, then Moshe Abinu would have been a sheikh remissive. That's who he really was. You see? And that would have meant that the world would have a tikkun and the Jews would always be the supreme nation for all time. However long God wants the world to exist. This is what happened. You see? But they sinned. So God said, no good. i am taken away Moshe Abinu's ability being the Mashiach and Yusuf. You see? Uh, and you have to wander and so on. Fine. Where's the second chance? Okay, they But we know God is always Zersha. He's always fair. And there was a second chance. You know what the second chance was? A year later, the muradlum, the spies, that was the second chance. You see? He said, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. You guys, Right? You're going to send spies, right? They're going to come back. God knew they're going to come back with a terrible report, right? So God said, you know, if you would stand, if you don't believe these guys, you see, because what they said was, it's hard to understand, what they said that, that the people of Israel, they were giants, that they're stronger than God. How do you even say that? Which is very interesting. That's what they said. And, Ra- and Rashi says, Clappy, they, they meant in reference to God. You see? No, they're stronger than God. Without, it's hard to understand what in the world they believe. But whatever it was, they now believe that they will never go to Israel and the whole thing was a con job. Yeah, that's what they believe. Obviously, we're not going to Israel because these people are stronger. They won't allow God. They, they will not allow the Jews to go in and take over the land so the whole thing doesn't make sense. That was the second chance that the Jews should never have believed that, and had they not believed it, then Moshe Abena would be restored to the the Mashiach the Masef. That was the second chance, you see. Amazing. Oh, well, failed again, you know. Then Moshe Abedinu finally went into Israel, and then you had the kingdom of Judah, right? You had the Israel and so on and so forth. And you had the first base of Midrash. But the Jews sinned again, right? And what happened? Since the Jews sinned again, right? So God allowed the base of to be destroyed. Right? But what about, the, what about the second chance? Well, guess what? He allowed the Jews to build a second base of There you are. It's amazing. It's always a repetition. You see? Why? Because God is Yosha. Is fear, you know? He realizes the struggle, and therefore, as a result of that, is fear, and this, therefore, is what happens, and so on, you see? And then we continue throughout history, you see? Finally, we come to the end. Interesting. Very important. We are now at the end. You see? Now, the great upheaval of mankind With the Jews, the end of time is the war of Goy and Magoy. That's the great upheaval, and the war of Goy from the land of Magoy is a very important war. You have to understand what that is, really, in the end. Ultimately speaking, the world gets worse. We know that, you see, and the world deteriorates. And like I say the world has reached an unbelievable state of deterioration. Unbelievable. For which it is so corrupt that God vowed and he did to destroy the world. The only reason why this place still exists is because of the vow that oath that God took not to destroy the world completely. Other than that, place would have been gone. You see. So therefore that, in the end of time, when the Jews complete the Tikkun, you see, or we're almost at the end of it, that that's when we look, the concept of, what is the climate in the end? What is the ultimate deterioration in the end? I will tell you. And this is exactly what's happening. You see, it is not materialism. That's a mistake. People think, well, the world is very materialistic, which obviously, I mean, you know, people tell me because on the internet, I can't believe it, you know? When people go into shopping, they come back and they show everybody what they bought, and then there's a million people that watch, and they all gawk, and wow. Well, I can't even believe this, snow you but just what people say, you know? People come and they go into it, and they buy a $600 Gucci, you know what it's called? Gucci handbag, whatever what it is, right? And then they get on the, their own blog, and say, I gotta show everybody what I bought, right? And you and get a million views, You know? I mean, they make me look like an idiot. I only get a couple thousand. You get a million viewers to gawk at somebody's Gucci handbag. <laughs> it just shows you the obsession with materialism. It's obsession. But that's not even the real idea. You know what the end looks like? And it's actually happening. You see? Like I said, the end is not that all of a sudden the world has become materialistic. No. That, anyway, is going to happen. I was once in an IMAX theater. You know what IMAX is? You know, the five foot, uh, five, 5 foot, the 50 foot screens, you know? It's a phenomenal technological advance. They can actually put a, you know, and they were showing this documentary. Whatever, because that's what they show, you know? Documentary, I don't remember what it was about. Fish. Gorillas, boomers, yeah. Anyway. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the watching this, you know, or, or before it, in order to add, you know, that's have these ads, right? All of a sudden they come on the screen, it's a fifty foot screen, and all of a sudden you see a stadium that has tens of thousands of people. Men, women, girls, boys, phenomenal, right? And in the middle there's a stage. Who's on the stage? Mick Jagger. Now, I didn't know who Mick Jagger was then. Uh, I've been informed, you know. He's one of the biggest rock stars around. I mean, you know, in, in, incredible, you know. It's, uh, you know, with this guy, you know. I heard on one tour, they made $125 million. This was like 20 years ago. Anyway, and he's sitting there, you know, he's got this vest on, making on the beach. I mean, it's, you know, whatever, you know, outlandish. Right, and he's doing his rock and roll thing. This is an ad, right? What was so stunning about this wasn't Mick Jagger. I mean, anyway, you no, know, whatever. What was incredible about this was the audience was going wild. They were in a frenzy, like you know, all the girls—they're screaming at the top of their lungs, right? They're throwing up their hands. I was just—it be, was beyond belief watching this. Imagine, right? And then there's me looking at this, right? And, you know, and the main thing is no matter what you see, you always have to think Torah, right? But here's what I said to myself. I'm watching this guy and his band, and I'm thinking of thousands and thousands of people are screaming at the top of their lungs. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine the, the frenzy and the excitement of what's going on? So I'm looking at this, and what do I want to say, Right? I say to myself, wow, how does he do it? What is he doing that gets these people in such a frenzy? What's the magic? You know what I'm saying? You know? And I said to myself, imagine if I could take his formula and do it. I can have everybody jumping up and down in year. chair. <laughs>
1: right?
0: Wouldn't that be incredible?
1: You do <laughs>
0: So I'm thinking about this in a practical way. What can I do to do? How do I duplicate this guy? You know? Forget about the mishagas that they're doing yeah? And that's why I began to think about, what is this man's secret? What is he doing that drives everybody crazy? Where, where they don't even, they, you know, they look like tribes in Africa. You ever see tribes in Africa jumping over the pile and <laughs> go, ooh, you know what I mean? How, whatever it is, right? You know, you know I mean, we look and we laugh. But, that's, that, but to them, this is serious business. This is how they celebrate. You know what I'm saying? With all the makeup and all the crazy stuff that they wear and they're jumping around, it's, it's, obviously it's quite primitive, right? But it's okay, it's fine. That's, that's what gets them going. Fine. Uh, so I asked myself, this guy is incredible, Jagger. What did he do? And I thought about it and I realized what he does. Who can guess? The secret... Of, the, of this particular guy and all these kind of guys, the rock and roll. I don't know if I allow it. A good question, isn't it? But it was a question from a Torah perspective. Can I take this and give it shield and I can have everybody jumping up and down? Wouldn't that be incredible? And I realized what the answer is. I can't do this. Because what he does is anti-Torah. What is it? I'll tell you two words: pericas oil overthrow the yoke. The yoke. What he does is says you could do whatever you want. You see, be yourself. Forget about limitations. Forget about restrictions. Forget about civilization. And hey, do it. Hang out. Jump, scream, do whatever you want. Correct. That's his secret. And which is obviously demonstrated by his music. I mean, his music is wild. I mean, it's it's not a Beethoven, you know. It's a tremendous beat that gets everybody jumping up and down. You see? That's what he does. That's his magic. When he says, defy God. Defy restrictions, limitations, everything. Just do it because you want to do it. That's it. Forget about anybody else. And they were going wild. What he did is he tapped into the tremendous desire of all people to be free. Free of limitations, free of restrictions, free of anybody, you know, which really is in the heart of everybody. Think about that. You don't realize that. You know, whenever you have a boss, some authority figure, that you have to submit and compromise, including a spouse, because it's the same thing with spouses, right? And that's why compromise in a marriage is so important, you know? Because deep down, everybody wants to rebel. Everybody. It's human nature, you see? And so on. He taps into that tremendous unconscious and many times conscious desire to just do what you want to do. But he does it through his music. And the way he looks dressed, you know, incredible. This is where you go to a concert and so on, you know. That's what he does. Therefore, he has tapped into 50,000 people jumping up and down. And then they're not even sitting in a respectable way. they just going crazy. You know what I'm saying? You clearly realize that they've thrown off the chains. The chains of, you know, that keeps them civil to a certain extent. I mean, I can go out and commit crimes, but basically, there's a certain aspect of salvation. That's what he does. And I said to myself, I can't sell this. What I sell is God, his mitzvahs, his limitations that he imposed, the contract. I mean, I, I can't sell what he's doing. What am I going to say? Drop the Torah and just do what you want to do? No. So I realize what he's selling, I can't sell, you know, Because I have nothing to offer in its place. You see? But, how's God going to do it? Think about that. You know? Because God is not going to come over you with a hammer and hit you over the head with a sledgehammer. That's not what he's going to do. God doesn't do that kind of thing only in the time that he wants you to observe the commandments right? without telling you why. Once when is here, he's going to tell you what's he going to tell you that will have you jumping up and down? And the answer is, what is freedom, really? It was once a philosopher, George Santayana. He once said something, if I remember correctly, he once said something which is very interesting. You know, what is freedom? Imagine going over to a violin. Yes? A violin, right? And you disconnect the strings from the violin. So here you got a violin without strings. Would you say that the violin string is free? Think about that. It looks free. It's not connected to either end, right, of the violin. It's free. What kind of freedom is that? The whole meaning and purpose of the string is to be bound and to make music. Because once it's unbound, no music. You see, what he said was very profound. Freedom isn't the relinquishing of everything, meaning, purpose, you see, achievement. No. Freedom is to do what your purpose is. Fine-tuning. That's freedom. That's the mistake people make. You see, they feel, well, if I don't have to listen to you, I'm free. No. No. Because what happens if listening is your reason for being. What happens if listening, right, gets you an unparalleled experience in another dimension, a little humble. Why would you want to be free? This is what God shows you. He shows you that by listening to the commandments, you're really free Because your life has meaning. It truly accomplishes what it has to do, which is in infinite bliss, eternally. Isn't that interesting? Who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. The only problem is is that we don't know why. God doesn't tell us. Because part of the element of the mitzvah is trust. You have to trust that God only means it means it's a toy, for good. That he's not asking us to do something, you know, that has no meaning because he wants to demonstrate his power and his authority. That's only true of the U.S. government. God doesn't work that way, you see. The only reason why he would ask you to do anything is only because you're the beneficiary, not me, because God has no needs. He doesn't need you. He infinite time before you ever came along, right? And obviously he was able to survive, you see? What he decided, and nobody knows why, is to create beings, right, that would receive the greatest gift of all, which is an attachment to him. And we don't know what that is, but it will be demonstrated, the beginning of that demonstration, in the Messianic era. Every person, every Jew, will experience an attachment to God of which you cannot even begin to comprehend. It'll be so intoxicating, you'll be worse than a drug addict. Worse, much worse. You won't be able to get away from it. That's how incredible it is. We don't know what that is. You ever see an addict completely immersed, obsessed with his drug? Forget about it, he's finished. He can't stop, you know, shooting up. He's finished. He's got to steal. He's got to do anything to support his habits. Why? Because the pleasure is beyond belief. You see? You know, they once did a test with a monkey. It's interesting, you know? They took electrodes and they put it in the monkey's head, you know? And there's a place in the brain that if you stimulate, it gives you a tremendous wave of pleasure, you know, because the brain has right? So they connected this electrode to the monkey's brain at this pleasure point, you know? And what they did is they took the monkey, right, and they put him in a cage, whatever, and so on, you know, and there was a, a lever that if the monkey pressed, it would charge that area, and boy, he would go out of his mind, you see, so they took the monkey, and in the beginning, he was wandering around the cage, pressed the lever by accident, wow, what was that, right, then he went back to the lever, pressed it again. And again, and again, you see, how so long did it continue? Right? You know how long it continued. The monkey died in the cage because he could not eat. He couldn't stop the pleasure. He wouldn't even take time to eat. Interesting. That's the pleasure. Pleasure killed him because he couldn't detach from that. From that pleasure. It's a, who knows what that pleasure was? to the monkey, you know? That's exactly what happens, except in the messianic era, you don't need the food, you know? You won't be able to disattach. Because God is threatening you, uh-oh, no. Because the pleasure is so intense and so unique that you just can't stop. It. I imagine there will be a, a possibility of stopping it in some way or diminishing it or else to carry on the functions of life, right? And so on, you know? But whatever it is, it's stupendous, astonishing, you see? So that's what God's going to convince you. So if God goes over to the stadium, 50,000 people, and connects all their brains, right? Not to the pleasure center, but to him, right? And he says, okay, press the lever. What do you think is going to happen? They go out of their mind. They're going to jump with joy. They can't stop. That is the parallel to what this is, you see. Therefore, in the end of time, and that's what I'm driving at, the key to the climate of the world is tricas oil, overthrow the boundaries. That is exactly the climate. Why? Because since the messianic era, you will experience the exact opposite, which is England with besides God, there's nothing else, and you will experience that, Therefore, the last climate, the last test, is the exact opposite, where you now have the opportunity of overthrowing every single boundary, restriction, or limitation. And that's exactly what's happening, if you think about it, in this world. Everybody does what they want. You're looking at the progressives, which have corrupted the morals of the world, right? You look at the progressives, you're looking at the Democratic Party, you're looking at the liberals. And so you're looking at the extreme left. You look at mankind. Mankind is not interested in God. Why what, what do you think Goyim hate God or Goyim hate Jews? It's not Jews they hate, right? It's God they hate. The Jews are the ambassadors. You hate the ambassador. That's really what it is. When a Goyim looks at a Jew, or unfortunately, many Jews when they look at Jews, right, who do they look at? They look at the Bible. Ah, you represent the Bible. No way, too much restrictions. You see, therefore they hate you, and that's what you see. You see, that's the one of the ideas of anti-Semitism. You see, and that's the last climate of civilization, is when everybody is granted the possibility of doing whatever you want to do. Incredible. And when we look outside, isn't that exactly what's happening? You don't want to be a boy? No problem. You're a girl, right? There's no problem anymore. They allow a kid, right? A boy, if he wants to be a girl, he doesn't even have to. I you, he doesn't even have to ask his parents for permission to have an operation. You believe this? A kid, you know? And many times they have a little boy that are jealous of their little sister, right? Why is she always getting a thing? So, of course, you've got to be a girl. You know, we did not know what the difference is, really. You know, what, what, or what the implication of that decision is. This is true precursorial. The world is obsessed with materialism because that's what they want. They don't want any boundaries. They don't want to have to think of God or spirituality or anything. You see, we live in that society. Truly, we live in that society, you know, And to such an extent, what social angle represents boundaries? The cops. Think about that, right? Which aspect of society represents boundaries? Uh Uh-uh, no, no. Limitations, restrictions. Police. Why do you think they want to defund the police? Hmm you you look at it as if, you know, well, you want to be from the police because they're brutal. They're not brutal. Because one guy got killed to so therefore all the cops got to be thrown out? Are you insane? You know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? If somebody's robbing your house, you're going to call a social worker? Like, are they crazy? You know? So, what's wrong? Yeah, you're going to call a social worker? Or a psychiatrist? You know? I mean, it's insane. It It's not rational, you see. These things are not rational. You know, is BLM rational? Of course not. If they really cared about blacks, you think they would allow Chicago where 100 people are shot every weekend or every day, whatever it is, and it's all 90% black. 90% of the crimes in Chicago are black. They're committed by blacks. You know? So, So where are these guys? And nobody cares. Nobody cares that it's all hypocritical. So you realize the whole thing is insane or there's something else going on. Ah, so you got to turn on the Jewish cop and ask yourself, what's really behind defunding the police? The answer is freedom. You want to go? It's like those guys in San Francisco. Guy comes in with a bag. I'm sure you read about this, right? comes in with a bag to uh, uh, Neiman Marcus or whatever, who? Neiman, Neiman. Neiman, Neiman, okay, whatever, right. He comes in, right, with a bag, and he starts taking stuff off the shelves. You see, as long as he doesn't have $1,000 worth of goods, he's okay. It's unbelievable. Is this normal? So, okay, of course they want to pull out of San Francisco, but this, this is not normal. So what do you think this guy is doing? He's demonstrating pre oil. I can do whatever I want. Okay, I've got to be careful because there's still a $1,000 boundary here. But as long as I stay under $1,000, this is incredible. So the guy can visit 10 stores, right, and walk away with $10,000, excuse me, $9,990 worth of goods. Uh, you see? Of course, he wants to be free. That's the key. Of course, when I want to be free, what does that mean? I want to do what I like, which is, to have all these material wealth. That's merely the expression of my freedom. But the underlying idea is freedom. Therefore, we've got to get rid of the cops. Not only do we have to get rid of the cops, we can't prosecute anybody. So all these crazy prosecutors, they don't prosecute. They're allowing crime to go. And not only that, if you steal, guess what? You can go home. Bail, no bail. All of this is to destroy boundaries. Isn't that interesting? That's what's going on. And that is the exact climate of Shia. This is it. That's how I know. You see? And we are and witnessing this. And it's getting worse because the planet is being piecemeal punished slowly. But all of this is a warning, you know, all of this. I'm always worried about California, because they're the worst. And I'm worried about the San Andreas Fault. You know, there's a fault that lies under California. You know what a fault is? A crack in the earth, right? And it runs down the length, Mm -hmm. right? If that ever broke with a nine... Earthquake on the Richter scale—that would separate okay. Los Angeles from the rest of America, and it would be new beach territory because okay. the ocean would swallow up everything. Now, I don't—I I don't think the Russian would do that, and there's a reason why, because all of the Jews have burned terror in California. That's why he won't do it, because the destruction to America would be beyond imagination. I'm not even talking about the amount of money the amount of lives, right, that would be lost, is incalculable, and so on. So I don't believe dude, that the will would do that. But I always sometimes think, I mean, nobody thought he would destroy the world with a marble, did they? They didn't believe in remember? The had him build the marble, uh, the ark, for 120 years. Why? It's a long time, right? Because he knew people not could believe him, so he had to give him time. Nobody believed him until the rain started coming down. And then they realize, right? And then they began attacking him and so on and so forth, you know? And that's it, you know? But I don't believe it will come to such a harsh, harsh, uh, uh, you know, end. Uh, Because the real thing is not to destroy the world. The real thing is, and it's a very important passage, where God says in the Tzadim, and I have quoted many times, even if you're outcast, be at the ends of heaven, Right? From there, at the ends of heaven, right, I will gather you, and I will take you to me. What does that mean? That means God says, I will go into what's called the Kripo, I'm going to go into those nations that are incredibly evil, right? I will go into it, not wait for you, for you on the outside. I myself will go into Srina, into the place, and shlep you away, separate you from the Goyim. Then after I separate you from the God, I will take you to me. That is the oath that God took. Therefore, he's not going to destroy the ends of heaven. He's going to come in and take us back. Every Jew, every last Jew he's going to do, which is an incredible consolation for all of us. That no matter where you are, let me tell you something. You ever wonder, Jews are about 14 and a half, maybe 15 million people on the entire planet. Do you ever realize how dispersed the Jews are in the planet? It's unbelievable. If you go anywhere in the world, if you go to some island in the South Pacific, there's a Jew there. He's probably got a store selling goods, right? You know, There's a Jew there. Like, what's he doing here? You know, see, there is no nation in the world that is spread out as the Jewish people. Anywhere you go, any country, there are Jews, you see. That tells you something, because God has sent out the Jews for whatever, the tikkun and so on and so forth. And imagine God saying, I'm going to go everywhere these Jews are. I'm going to schlep them back. We don't even know how that's going to happen. We have no idea. How are you going to get the Jews back from Hawaii? There's so many of them that are gone. There's so many of them that are married to spouses that are not even Jewish. They've got kids. How are you going to get them away from that? We don't know. You should know one thing. Egypt was nothing compared to the redemption. Now, why? Because Egypt, all it meant was God goes into Egypt, one country, even if it's powerful, confronts one leader, right? And he blows them away. Right? We're not talking about one country. We're not talking about one leader, right? We're talking about the planet. 193 countries in the UN, Right? How? I mean, you've got to go if there's a Jew, right, somewhere in, in, in uh, Macau, right? You're going to go there and schlep them out. How? We don't know. Unknown.
1: That COVID, yeah.
0: No, that'll just kill people. But how are you going to get the Jew out to leave the goyim? We don't know. Because the redemption will be something that the world has never witnessed before, which makes sense. Because this is the guru. This is the redemption this is the end of the entire universe. Makes sense. But we have no idea how God's going to pull that off. How? Yeah, he's going to do it, because that's what he says. And if the Torah says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. So remember, uh, Egypt is a cream puff. Kindergarten, whatever example you want to use, compared to the redemption that God will do now. Look at the difference in so on, you know. In any case, um, this is where we're at. We are really at the end. And the Barsham is sort of like winding up slowly, warning everybody. So you're having all these crazy disasters, you see. But in order to fool mankind, because he wants to give mankind free will, he's allowing them to think it's climate. That's what he's doing. It's a pretext. It's an excuse that they can fool themselves, because God does not want to take away their free will. Because if it was obvious it was him, they'd all do chuba, because he's forcing them to do chuba. But he doesn't want to do that. You see? That's very important. He wants to preserve their free will. Okay. Wow. I'm only half finished, but I have to stop now. Because uh, you have to absorb a lot of stuff. Any questions?
3: I have a question. Of course. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So a couple of questions, really. So now you're you're saying that the the climate of the, of Mashiach now is basically to overthrow boundaries. Yes. Okay.
0: Because so, oil. Right. Just remember mid-Jack.
3: Right. So <laughs> so my question is is that um, yes they're trying to throw on us um, freedom and overthrowing boundaries, but at the same time the parallel of that is they're putting on so much restrictions on us, especially now in New York, that we have to wear masks, we need vaccination cards to get into places, we need, and there's so much um, you know, authority on us, control. It's the total opposite of freedom in that way. So there's a juxtaposition of both realities happening at the same time. Not really. Not really, Quite. I it.
0: You ready? What is happening really? There's two kinds of freedom. Freedom means what I want to do is what I want to do. Don't tell me what to do. Correct? Okay. There's two types of desires people have. One, I want to have all the material wealth, everything. Beautiful house, Gucci bags, I mean, whatever is in everybody's mind, right? Complete material comfort. Security. Millions of dollars in the bank, Right? You know also what people want? Power over you. They want to take, they want to control you. Power is the, is the ultimate, as they say, aphrodisiac. It's the ultimate, you know, potent, you know, get but why do they want that? This government and so many people, they want to have power over you. That's what communism is. Communism is an economic pseudo- There's no such thing as... uh, Communism is one of the greatest frauds ever perpetrated on mankind. Why? The way, you know... I'm not talking about Karl Marx. I'm talking about Russia, China, right? Communism is nothing more than power over everybody. That's all it is. And they're using the economic theory called communism, where everybody's equal, as an excuse. Well, if we keep everybody equal, right... Then uh, we can lord it over everybody. Everybody wants power, and that's exactly what the governments are. If you look around the world, most governments are dictatorships, tyrannies. You see? I'm not even too much China. China's got what? 1.4 billion people. That's a lot of people, right? Look at the US. The US is now subject itself to communism. If these guys win, this country is finished. Why? Because they want power. They want to tell you what you can do in every which way. In the way you make a living, the way you live, you know, you got you to mask up. This is all the beginning of what is called the ultimate power grab. That's what, and that's what people want. That's part of the freedom. Okay. Except it's not the freedom of materialism. It's the freedom of power. And the question then is, well, why does anybody want such power? And the answer is, because that's how people feel secure. People feel secure, you know, when they can control others. Yeah, It's an ultimate way of feeling secure. You see? That's what power does. Most of the time in history, the reason why the Romans wanted power was tribute. They wanted money. Money. So if they would invade a country, take over, then they would force the country to give them tribute. tax. You know, that's how they kept themselves going. You know, today it's not money, it's power, raw power. That's what it is. And that is another freedom. And God is allowing even that. You see? So really it's the same thing. It's just that not anybody wants the power now. People love power. You know, the government wants power over the U.S., right? But then many people want power. Parents want power over their kids. You see? Yeah, they'll tell themselves many times, you know, no, it's my kid's benefit, benefit, which is true, but sometimes it's a power struggle. We know that. We feel it in ourselves, you know, or one spouse against the other, or one neighbor against the other. People always have to demonstrate power, because power makes them feel good about themselves. It makes them feel, I'm somebody, you see, because I'm powerful. Power is a tremendous resolution to insecurity. Tell you what it is.
3: Okay, so then if they're overthrowing the boundaries yes. to receive power, yes, then we as a nation, how will we overthrow their boundaries on us?
0: We as a nation, the U.S.? Yeah. Like to the, the United States?
3: The people, the citizens. Oh, oh, the citizens. Or even in the world, everywhere, everywhere you go, it's not only the United States, it's all over the world. This is happening where the governments are overthrowing their boundaries to create, to get their power from us. But how, as the citizens, are we going to overthrow their boundaries on us? Is it not compliant? It's not a yes.
2: Like, Is it not complying and saying we're not complying
1: the Well, the,
0: the problem is if they make it legal, then it's legal set.
1: That's the problem. The way to
0: do that, the way to really do that, the way to do that, okay, you know, as good as democracy sounds, it's a poor form of government. What is, what is democracy? It means the power rule is in the hands of the people that's all it means right democracy Classy is ruled and demo probably means people whatever but it's really a very poor form of government why the problem is because there are different forms of democracy for instance in the old times the original form Athens, Greece everybody voted you didn't have a congressman today we have representational democracy you don't do anything you vote for a guy, and you hope that this guy is going to vote for what you want. But many times he doesn't. Guess why? Because he's always looking to advance his own position. So he uses his position of power, right, to advance his own. That's called bribery, of which Biden and all those guys are guilty of. I mean, there's a great deal to say about this. You know, that's the nature of government. So uh, the problem with democracy, when it's representational, is. You're too busy struggling with your own life. You don't have time for this. What are you going to do? You're going to go to Washington, DC can sit in the crazy house, what they're doing, you know, erasing gender and all that. You don't have time for this. Right? you got to make a living. you got to cook dinner for your husband and your kids. Right? You've got time for this nourish guy. Which means stupidity. You see what I'm saying? That's why it's a poor form of government, because it's representational. It's not you. You're not voting. The guy you sent to Congress He's voting. And guess what? Half of him is voting for himself. And then hey, hopefully once in a while he remembers you. Right? That's why there's so many scandals in government. Right? So democracy is really over, uh, you know, just uh, overblown, you know. So then what is the best form of government? Really? It's what the Torah says. A beneficent king. Yeah. A king who loves his people and only wants good. Wow. So the king has absolute authority. He doesn't have these absurd committees sitting there for years coming up with Mickey Mouse stuff, right? He himself can issue it. But he's beneficent. A tzaddik as a king is the greatest form of government.
2: You see? Trump to be what was that? Trump. Besides the fact that he has the answer to the of <clears throat> Representatives in the Senate, but he himself... Loved the people and was working really for the people. He didn't do it for his.
0: What you're saying is partially correct. I'll tell you why. Trump was an unusual person, but God made it that way. What do I mean? You know, Trump doesn't need money, he's worth billions. So God took away the temptation to make money. He doesn't need it really. You know, what's he going to do for the rest of his life? Guy 70 watts, five right? or whatever, you know? you know? So money is not a temptation to him. Power also is not. He's one of the most powerful people on the planet. Fame, everybody knows Donald Trump. He doesn't need any of this stuff. So it's very hard to bribe them. God put a guy who's very hard to bribe, right? Because he's the closest you come to a good guy. And that's why he was a good guy. Because what are you going to bribe him with? More money here? Need your money? More fame? He's one of the most famous people on the planet. Power? Incredible what this guy has. You see? What are you going to offer him? Nothing. The only thing you can offer him, which is amazing, and that's what God offered him. And I will tell you the secret, the engine that runs Trump. Know what that is? He wants to do good. He wants to end his life with an incredible legacy. He's already made all the money. He's got all the wealth. I mean, I don't know what his house looks like, but they say it's incredible. I think it's gold, you know, whatever. So, you know, you know or whatever, you know. You know? Um, but there is one thing he wants to do. He already has everything. but he doesn't have his incredible chesed for people. Although he's done a lot of chesed. But he wants to do it on a big scale. Yeah, level. That's gotcha. That is, uh, is uh, what do you call the uh, passion, temptation. Yeah, which is good because he's that. That's why he's he's probably one of the greatest presidents in human in 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 certainly in human history, America. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, that's because. No, no, let me yeah, ask yeah, Yeah, but I don't want to get into that. Why you know? Because <laughs> I once gave a whole shit on that. Why they don't let him. Because the sultan does not want him because he's with Israel. Mm-hmm. Right? And the sultan says, no way. I don't want him to help Israel because the sultan is dying. Is he so he no. dying?
1: He's
2: dying? Dying.
0: dying as, in, we are as, as
2: in... You're
1: with no,
0: because the Tikun is almost complete. Oh, oh. I don't want to get in... I'm just saying. Therefore, Democracy is overrated. You got it? So therefore,
2: you um, oh, was your question? What? He's the most similar to a selfless king.
0: Yeah. So a, and, and, and that was a tremendous... And part, and I once say this many, many times this year. Trump is a messianic figure. That's really what he is. And people do not understand that. He is Aesop doing Shuvok. And I gave many shulim about this. That's who he is. You see? And I said this in 2015. Uh, 2015 on June 15 or 16, when he came down that escalator,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he said he was running, everybody laughed. And I said, that's very interesting, that what in the world does that mean? It took me about two and a half weeks to figure it out, then it hit me. He is a doing do and he will win the presidency, which I said then, not only that, he will be the greatest person for Israel. And everybody said I was out of my mind. And then when he became president, there you are. Not only is he uh, became president against all odds, unbelievable, mm-hmm. but he's the greatest president for Jews, and he would have continued to be that mm-hmm. had not the Sutton won in court. And that's and therefore I, I, I gave the whole explanation. But in any case, um, you, you were. Yes, I had another question. Uh, no, I I forgot the original question.
1: Oh,
3: my <laughs> original question was. <laughs> <laughs> my original question was. Uh, as a citizen, uh,
0: how are we going to oh yeah okay um, yeah yeah, but anyway so I, I started by saying democracy is overrated, really overrated, and so on, okay, okay, but it's a lot better than a tyranny uh, you know and, and so on, which is unfortunate, most governments wind up being and so on you know um so uh the way the only way we can do that is uh we have to unite in a, a, as a democratic country, and it is happening people. The problem is people uh, uh, Israel The problem is people have no time to investigate these guys. You're too busy cooking dinner for your husband and your kids. You have time to sit in Congress watching these nitwits make rules that are absolutely insane. So that's how they get away with it. They get away with it because you don't have time to investigate what they do, and they lie. And one of the greatest tragedies is the media, the media which is supposed to reveal all this. It's complicit in the crime. They have no idea what God is gonna to do to them. I mean you've never you don't even want to be near them. Because they are I mean, what they have done to the world, to the United States, you know, it's not just the, the lies, it's the damage that they've done to this country and they don't care. This is Oil. I wanna do what I wanna do. You don't like it? Too bad. Get yourself another paper. Now they're slowly dying. Because they're losing readership, it's incredible. CNN is losing; like, they're down to 40% already. Whatever, so, you know. But they have destroyed the country, and, and so on. So this is part of the problem. That's why democracy is very poor. It's representational, you know. And the problem is you don't have time to investigate this. You're hoping that your guy that you sent as a representative is going to be honest, but if he's not honest, he's looking out for himself. You see. So the only thing you can do under these circumstances, and in some way, is to uh, gather groups and to make people aware of what these, got the true motive, and I'm telling you what the motive is. The motive of these politicians, right, is to control and power and fame and whatever else comes with it. They're not interested in people. If they did, would they ever say these insane comments? Defund the police? Bail laws? You know, we're not going to prosecute? What well, are they out of their minds? And so on. So the only thing is to vote. But I'm just saying American democracy so is medicine. flawed. There's a, of
2: what? There's a flooding of people to vote. It showed
0: that
1: we,
2: can. and, we can't, I can't. We can't what? We had a different plan. That what? To vote for president when we came to vote for president. It was an overwhelming, an overwhelming amount of people voting. Four. Four.
0: Sure. I am not getting what you said. So,
2: so, it's it's right. vote for president. You
0: mean November?
2: Yeah. It was an overwhelming amount of
1: people
2: statewide coming to vote.
0: Good. I had
2: a different plan, but at least it showed especially in, in, in Brooklyn and in New York I and mean in New Jersey. where we're concentrated again to be most of us. America. We came to vote right, or whatever was going to happen. Okay. So now you're saying we should do this for now for the governor for our governor and for our uh, uh, mayor? You wanted to do that, yes? Yeah,
0: of course. That's okay. the only way. Whatever the outcome is, you, you, we should
2: encourage people to vote. Whatever the outcome is, that's what we should say.
0: But not only should they vote, they have to know what the real motives of these people are. Right. Without that, who, what? what the, why do you think Trump lost? There are many reasons why Trump lost. Because God wanted him out. Because right. the sultan won. The sultan was Makatri, prosecuted the Jewish people, and he won in court. So we
2: have, and
0: one of the main reasons have, why he won was Sinach faceless have, we didn't hatred. Have, we didn't have the have the
2: to overthrow the <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: let's put it this way we had too many sins Absolutely. in which he gained, you see. And there are many reasons. And the uh, I mean, Jews are leaving in droves. 11 million Jews are gone. So do you so think
2: that the, that the majority of people today are becoming religious? No. Religion? There's a yeah. tremendous
0: anti-religious yeah. movement yeah. in the United States. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. It really is. Religion, religion is, is that... that yeah. the way the
2: religion, religion is on the way is,
0: out. It's on the way out. Yeah.
2: <clears> yeah. I yeah. But, here's, TV another,
0: TV but TV TV. Another, here's another... What? What? See,
2: I noticed that for the greening for a while it was, but I'm trying
1: to see... Oh, a reawakening.
2: awakening? Yes.
0: Because they're, they're getting wind of what these people really want. Control. That's what it is. I have a
2: question. The rabbi
0: mentioned. Wait, wait, yeah,
2: that,
3: you don't want hold on. Hold on. Yes, because they're recording. So it came around now. A the
0: rabbi mentioned that in the
3: time of Abel. Abel, yeah? Abel
2: separated the the nations. Yes. Now, what we're looking at is a one world nation. That's what their aim
0: is. That's what the UN is. So,
2: does that mean that the the nations of the world will unite and then go against the Jewish nation? They
0: are united.
1: They They already
0: are united. UN.
1: The UN is a
0: device to undo the Tower of Babel. That's what it is. It's to unite the world, which automatically means that there will be an incredible rise in anti-Semitism. Automatically. That's why God separated them in the first place. But
2: now, now they're really coming together. Every country, every... Sure. Because I
0: mean, that's what happens when the world unites. So guess what God is doing in you know, order to help the Jews? He's Disunite. Yeah. No, because America is a divided country. Right. So he's doing the opposite, right. even though he's uniting the countries. So he but he's disuniting them, country. right? Because yeah. the blacks hate the whites, and the whites hate this. It's like everybody hates each other.
2: This is the way to do Pesach and We have to see that. Yeah. So that's really the message over there for that—that Hashem is busy. So we have an opportunity to do Pesach Shabbat, but so they're not—they're not, they're busy. They're not fighting anti-Semitism
0: with us at the moment. Yeah, that's what what I said. He's distracting them so they don't come out with a full-blown anti-Semitism. It's because right so before
3: they, COVID,
2: yeah. it was rampant out okay? there. So, so now. They're
3: Black and white. Yeah. So now, okay, so, so the question that I asked earlier, I'm going to repeat it. Okay, so right now, um, as New Yorkers and in California, um, we're going through a siege where we're going to probably need to put our masks back on, and um, they're mandating vaccination to go into restaurants, hotels, entertainment, gyms, anything, you name it, you need a vaccination card to, for entry. Um, so... Well, what, one thing that I was um, I want to say is that what you just said, because now they're separating basically the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. So obviously that ties into what you just said, that they're trying to separate us to go against, but it, uh, to go against each other. So they don't put their attention on us as Jews. But is that the divine hashgufa? Is that the only thing why this reignition, re, like reigniting of the Delta, whatever else is going to come up, is that why it's still lingering? Hashem still using COVID as, that, as a ploy?
0: You know, there's a medrash that says that at the end of time, it's very interesting, God will bring a terrible devil plague on the world. It says that, it's a medrash. Wow. Yeah. We, guess what? COVID. Yeah. The medrash predicts I mean, this was it thousands of years ago? And it says, before the end, God will bring a, a tremendous endeavor. Uh, and the question is, why? And the answer is because here's the problem. <clears throat> the problem is the world does not deserve redemption. It doesn't deserve it. It's a very bad place. So, therefore, God has to mop up a lot of sins. And one of the ways he does that is COVID. And that means COVID is not just for Jews. It's for God. Because they are going to benefit from Mashiach, they have to deserve it. You see, even the Goyim have to deserve Mashiach, right? And therefore, he's he's what's doing going through a cleaning up process for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's one reason for COVID. <clears throat> COVID has many reasons. You know, another reason for COVID, which is very interesting, is God wanted to destroy Trump's ability to be president. COVID destroyed him. Mm-hmm. COVID. COVID, why? Because uh, COVID allowed, if you should think about that. COVID is brilliant. I mean, could you imagine, we're in, imagine we're in heaven, right? And it's God, and around the table is all the great angels, right? The whole, the foil, the real, right? Imagine, uh, I just want to dramatize this. <clears throat> so you shouldn't say, hey, maybe I should not watch the TV. No, I want to dramatize this, right? And we're in heaven, and we're watching this, right? And God is saying, okay, I've got to stop Trump. God is saying this to the angels. Uh, and so, so, of course, they're going to say, why? It's because the, the Jews don't deserve redemption. I've got to clean them up, you know, before Mashiach comes. And uh, Trump, he's too busy giving good stuff to the Jews. No good. I've got to clean this place up which is exactly what happened in Egypt. When Meshach came, it got worse. Why? Clean up. Because you can't do that. You can't just bring the Mashiach if everybody's guilty of sin. So God's like, I clean him up. So the malachim said, okay, what's your idea? Well, you see that guy down there? His name is Joe Biden. I'm gonna put him as president, right? So all of a sudden, one of the malachim pipe up and say, with all due respect, that's impossible. Because Joe Biden is
1: senile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to miss this joke. It's just no, really,
2: it was an amazing, amazing Oh, okay. And I want to add to that, you know, have they're controlling the country, have it? Like getting everyone to do what, what they want, to gain the power. They didn't have
0: money. They're, you know, oh, yeah, they're buying them. Correct. So, uh, anyway, so I, I want to do Joe Biden. So, the Malcolm say, uh, Joe Biden, as a moron. Joe Biden's senile. They're not going to vote for him. You know, and not only that, he's a crook. He took money from China for years. Right? Took money from Russia. Took money from Ukraine. He's a crook. And not only that, he's been in government for 47 years. The man doesn't have a thing to his credit. You know what I'm saying? You see? So, and not only that, the economy. Trump did an incredible economy. It's impossible for Joe Biden to be president. You see, that's what one of my locks said to God. And God said, Excuse me, I'm God. Watch what I do. Right? So he said, So God said, What did he do? He brought COVID. COVID enabled Joe Biden to campaign from his basement. So nobody knew who he was. A guy never went out of his basement. We know that. Right? Therefore, many people never really understood or grasped that this man is senile. Not only that, they buried it. The newspapers buried the fact that he stole money. He was bribed from all these countries. Yeah. The newspapers. Yeah. Not only that, you know, what, what COVID also did is it allowed Biden to blame uh, Trump for COVID. Uh, he's killing everybody with COVID, which of course is absurd. What's worse COVID destroyed the economy, which is, which is uh, Trump's signature achievement. It destroyed the economy. You see? Without that, he would have, of course, won uh, uh, Trump. And then the worst thing is COVID enabled the mail-in ballots. Exactly. There you are. Mail-in Mail ballots, no, sure. Sorry. My father passed away 11
2: years ago. He got a ballot. He did not get a well. stimulus check. He got a ballot.
1: About,
0: okay. yeah.
2: Okay.
1: But anyway,
0: uh, therefore, this is because Biden has a specific purpose to stop Trump, to clean up uh, the world, you see, in many nations in a very bad way. Now, Biden, Biden, I mean, Biden is an empty suit. The problem with Biden, he's a puppet. He is manipulated by the progressives. That's why Biden is great. What was that? Uh, either Obama, Susan Rice, and some of his administration They, 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 put, they don't know what he's doing. at the time he doesn't even know where he is. Do you ever look at Biden's uh, schedule for the day? There's nothing there. Maybe there's one meeting with somebody at 1 o'clock and it's over at one twenty. That's all he does. The rest of the day he walks around in pajamas or whatever he does. Nobody understands this guy. This guy doesn't work. Trump was working 24-7. You Remember that? This guy this guy is lucky if he has one or two meetings a day. Is this normal? No. You see? So that's what, that's what cause he's not capable of doing anymore. Basically, he's a puppet. And that's what the progressives love him. Because he does what they say. They put something in front of him. They say, sign it. And he signs it. Mm-hmm. What better president can you have? <coughs> you see? It's all minashamayim. God arranged this That the progressives should win BLM should win All the communist people Should win Why? Because that's the unish. That is the punishment For America Because America has corrupted itself So God says you want to do this You want to corrupt my world I'm going to corrupt you In an unnatural way And all of a sudden Biden won It's astounding
2: is it also is this also separating the
1: no,
2: good from the bad because there's people now that are saying you know what we're not lawless we're not going to go in and steal things and we're foul and yeah but
0: remember we're not the government they are and there are actually people that believe Biden's doing a good job <laughs> Biden has I think a 49 or 51 percent approval rate
2: that's that yes, yeah but that's, that's it we well,
0: yeah, we don't even know if that's true. They so.
2: actually said Kamala Harris was one of the most heated vice presidents in the U.S.
0: Kamala Harris is beyond belief. She is so incompetent. She has yeah, a
2: nervous laugh. Time. She, she, well, she, 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 she giggles. She, she doesn't
1: laugh, she
0: giggles. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's incredible. Like, <laughs> These people are running America? Only God could pull that off. You don't realize Biden is an incredible miracle. Biden is a nest It's an open miracle how God can pull it off. So, not only has God pulled off a terrible government and they won the House, thank God he didn't give them the Senate totally, or else the whole country would really be finished. Right? And not only that, not only that, but they have the House, they have the Senate, they have the presidency. You know, and they have the the, the, the regulations. It's, a, it's beyond belief. And not only that, they have the media, they have the corporations, they have academia. You know what's going on in colleges and universities? It's all left. And these guys are the future doctors, lawyers, professionals. It's America's, you know, America's finished. How are you going to undo this? They have
2: best and Somalia, and OAC. All these so they don't know
0: nothing. What do know? The only, one, the, the only one who could save America, you see the one thing, <clears throat> the Russian will not allow America to die. Yeah. You know why? It's like Abraham Lincoln said, America is the last great hope of mankind. Mm-hmm. That's what Lincoln wow. said. He's right. He will not allow America to die. And therefore God has always protected America. Notice? <laughs> Except he's not doing it now because America is destroying the world. And God is, as they say, very angry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he's going to put America through the wringer, and then he's going to save them. So I believe he's going to bring Trump back. And Trump made a tremendous mistake. You know what the mistake was? He did not appreciate the destructive force of the deep state. The deep state. Because of all those people in the government, are working for Obama. They all believed and left, and he didn't take them out. He left them in. Yeah.
1: No. He took
0: he took some of the top guys, and even the top guys are ridiculous, who so kept in, and okay, so on, you know? Yeah, he took...
2: Yeah. Nobody. That's right. so much. was two him. There was this, they It's very easy for us to say. How much could he do, you know?
0: So he made that mistake. I'm hoping... I'm hoping that he woke up, and he's woke, stumped, and he realizes you cannot rule. What they did to him is, I hate to use the word, they crucified him. Mm-hmm. You know? Why? Who? Because he allowed these people to remain in power. He put people that hate him, you see, he put them in power. I'm hoping that when he does get back in, which I believe he will, he's going to take everybody out. Finally.
2: It's, it's bizarre that his family, his daughter, and his
0: son-in-law are on it. Well, you know what he said to Ivanka? He said to Ivanka, you know, I, I love Jews, which he does, by the way. He really does, and I knew that immediately. Mm-hmm. Just the way he talks. You, you see the, you could feel the man. He had tremendous armor for Jews, which is interesting, because he's a turkish of Asaph. So he really is good part of Asaph. But anyway, so uh, he said to Ivanka, you know, I thought about it. I want to become Jewish. Wow. Yeah, she's Jewish. Yeah. So Ivanka told them, you can't become Jewish. So he said to Ivanka, why not? Because she said to him, Well, if you become Jewish, who am I going to sell my homage to? <laughs> 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 three. And they wanted they wanted to bring it back and they are going I think. What? That
2: was very good position. Yes.
0: yes. That's, 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 that's what they yeah. so, But agree. that's not enough to make you president. You see, God earmarked him for this. Why? Because he, his major business is real estate, and who are all the real estate people in New York? Jews.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then his daughter becomes Jewish. Oh, oh, yeah. and from, yeah. right? Got, and right? And right, he's got kids that have to become bomb yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And not only that, God made him a billionaire, so he won't be subject to bribes.
1: Right. He made
0: him world famous, so he doesn't need a fame. Right? Yeah. He took all the things that bribed everybody and took it away from him. So, because he was earmarked. why? Because he's the type of He's a good part of Yisro that has to do tshuva and help the Jews. Because in the end of time, Yisro is going to help the Jews bring the Mashiach. So maybe all this is
2: happening now is going to make every a, a lot of Democrats flip and want him back so
0: eventually <clears throat> if it gets really bad. Work. We, you know, we Hopefully we
2: hope we that they we're helping, but it's blinding them beautifully, no. I mean, how could like, you it. not
0: see what's going
1: on? There's a yeah, lot
2: of people stepping up to the plate, though,
3: saying
0: that. Yeah, now because it's really, like I mean, you you they want, took a
1: look. You want a
0: recount. There's like you yeah. At what recount?
1: Where's Arizona? You, Arizona has I mean,
0: a recount. How how many years does it take to have a recount? <laughs> I mean, there's only eight hundred thousand votes that, that count. So where are they? We, we don't even know we don't even know what's going on in Arizona. But where are they? They're on Hunter's laptop.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Like John Durham. Right? Where is John Durham? He's in the Bahamas thinking margaritas, that's where he is. He's not doing his job. It was hard to to convict all those guys. Comey and everybody. You don't hear a word out of, out of Durham. I tell you, you know, if it wasn't so comical, if it wasn't so tragic, you could laugh at the United States government. The comedy. This is what this is what a Shakespearean comedy looks like. The U.S. government. It's,
2: it's right now. Pelosi is still trying to audit his taxes. Yeah. It's It's like today in the paper. Why? Because they, they, they like they, everything
3: from everything else that's going on the world. Okay, Anyway So I have one more question. So you said in the Messianic era that every Jew is going to be intoxicated with
1: Hashem like
3: wanting to be close to Hashem. Yes. When is what is considered that that point in time of the Messianic era? Like, when is that when Mashiach Ben Yosef already arrived and Bet- the my Bet- gosh the- the- is here? When is that point where we're all going to be so intoxicated? Do you, you follow him? Like, where does it fall in that? In, in
0: no, that's, that's when Mashiach Ben Dovin arrives.
3: Oh,
1: and okay, We have a long time. Because
0: Ben Yosef is too busy fighting. But listen, if I want to I I leave this here Because I
1: never
0: thought I'd be here so long, with uh, good news.
2: I want good news. No, no, no. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going to tell you what could be. It's very strong, but I don't know. Okay. Omar Robo. Rovor says the following, if I remember correctly, that the Mashiach will come Shmita, at the end of Shmita, which is. This year is Shemitah, so that means next summer, well, September, Rosh Hashanah is the end of Shemitah, and that's Hakkia. Well, anyway, it's the end of Shemitah, right? That's what the Ravah says, okay? What does that mean? You see? So, because is a year of the revelation of God, because everybody eats without planting. It's a year that God takes over and says, well, I'm going to show you what I can do. Guess what? You're not going to plant, right? And you're going to eat in the seventh, eighth, and ninth year. That's what God says. And it's a year where the land rests. Shabbos. Shemitah is considered Shabbos for the mm-hmm. years instead of for the weekdays. Correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So imagine now, Maitrey Shemitah, the end of Shemitah, or the right after Shemitah, right? What is that? It's very possible there's another count besides seven years, right? Yeah, because okay. seven times seven. The 49th, 49th year, 49. the 50th year is a Yeribul. Yod- Jubilee. Yeah. Jubilee. Okay. And it says, and you'll proclaim freedom throughout the land. For some draw. Right? That's Yeribul. Yeribul is an incredible time. Because then the slaves go back, and everybody goes back to what he had. It's a tremendous redemption. It's a freedom of everything that was, and it's a release of all commitments and so on. Right? That's Yeribul. Now, we know when Shemitah is. 'Cause that's we don't know what yoga is. You know?
2: Yeah. Oh, no. <clears throat> what
0: happens if this Shemitah is the forty ninth Shemitah?
2: No, 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 no.
0: Then right after Shemitah uh, is the Messianic Hira. It's incredible. Oh, right? And that's Yoivo, right? So therefore, if the count is correct, if this is the forty ninth Shemitah, because we don't know the count of Yoivo, then we're looking at one year from now, it's the Messianic era. That's number one.
2: Before Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, oh, the next year.
0: Yes. Not, However, not this no, before this Rosh Hashanah. Oh. Now, that means that the Pekida should start, right? Not Mitzvah Shemitah, because that's the Messianic era. That the, that the, the Pekida is when the Mishaykh and Yosef arrives, who's first. This year, Shmita, Because that's the release. Right? He's released. Just like uh, God now displays himself, right? So Mashiach Ben Yosef is now free from whatever stops him from becoming Mashiach Ben Yosef. You see? So that means this year, Pei Days can be the, mes- the beginning of Messianic era in terms of Mashiach Ben Yosef. However, you always hear Hachana. Preparation, so therefore, this Sunday is Hoshchodes Eroh. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if it is correct, that Shemitah is when the Mashiach and Yosef can appear, then it will begin with the preparation with this Sunday. Two of this, Sunday and Monday. Because elo is really the beginning of Rosh Even though it's the preparation, Rosh So, if you were looking for an incredible possible time as a candidate, this Sunday. Or maybe Monday.
1: This Sunday or
3: Monday, the picky dot could happen. So,
0: yeah. We're going to notice
1: that? Well, it no? doesn't make a
0: difference if you notice. The critical thing is the time begins. Because remember, it goes down, the curve goes down, worse and worse and worse, and then it stops right at the bottom. That's the worst possible time. And that's precursor oil, like I said, to overthrow the yoke, right? And that's where it stops. And then, in a nanosecond, it begins to go up. That's what you're waiting for. The upward swing of that curve, you see? And that is the messianic era. Why? Because once it begins to go up, it is irreversible and unstoppable.
2: Anything.
0: That's the key. How long it takes? Okay, I mean, It'll take a what a month. Who cares? Right, but it's it now out. on the way up, right. and it can't stop. That means Israel will be privy to incredible news every day,
1: because
0: that's what it means. And if you want to understand what a force is, you understand what a supernova is. It is a force that blows a star out up. Right? Greater than the light of the entire galaxy. It is an unimaginable explosion. The law is much greater than a supernova. Mm-hmm. It's the end. It is the absolute end. How mm-hmm.
3: should we prepare? Exactly. How exactly. should we? Exactly. How can we tap
0: into that oh, yeah. on this Rosh Hashanah? We tap it. We do
2: something. <laughs>
0: What should we do? I don't know. It's, it's something to think about.
2: Doing this to anything? any of these questions, I said, yeah, remember
0: I I want to tell you something. I was once. I was once. Uh, I went to a bank in Lakewood, and uh, before I got out of the car, I listened to the radio. And there was this guy, uh, if I remember his name, Rivera, catcher. a catcher. Re- really, a legendary catcher. His name is uh, Rivera. Mm-hmm. Mario Rivera. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I don't follow any of this. But I would, and, why, and he was retiring. I'll tell you this he was retiring. And uh, they, they had this stadium, Shoot. it must have been 50,000 people, just for Mario. All right? You know, obviously, he's a legendary catcher. No, a relief pitcher. That's what he was, right? You know, and uh, they introduced him, Mario with and all that, and the crowd went wild. You know, they went wild, you know, relief pitcher, I mean, baseball, right? Uh, as I was listening to this, I said to myself, this is absolutely incredible. Why? Because I said, could you imagine all this for a relief pitcher? Okay, it's nice. Mm-hmm so on, you know? could you imagine, right, when that curve stops and then begins to move up? That's the end. It cannot go back and it cannot be reversed. Let me tell you what will happen. And ultimately, we will see this. Uh, You can see every living entity in the universe, all the billions of malochim, are going to begin screaming at the top of their lungs. Because it's over. The nightmare, the Hester, is over. And they're going to all begin screaming. I mean, you talk about Mick Jagger, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 Mick Jagger will seem like a little birthday party, you know? The whole universe will be screaming at the top of their lungs. And you know what they're going to say? The Jews did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the good way, they did it.
0: They did the tikkun. They're bringing God back. The the screaming, the excitement, passion. The I don't mean, know how to describe this will be beyond comprehension because right. you're gonna have all the malachim. I mean, you're right. Every creature that exists that has a mask behind it will be screaming that the Jews did it. Right? Just like. And I I'm I, I must think about that. I realizing this, you know, this is a main, a, a, a little small, you know, um, what's it was saying, a small demonstration of what really ultimately we're going to get, will happen, is the incredible screaming that the Jews, did. the Tikkun, God can now we enter creation, right? And the Mashiach, the Messianic era, is now in full thrust and ultimately that leads to Yom HaBo. But it will not go out, you see, like I'm saying. The recognition that the Jews will have will be beyond comprehension. You have no, like it says in my lovely, kings and queens will bow down to you. You cannot comprehend that, right? We yeah.
1: see
2: that. What? We witness that. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. And I, I want to give a bracha to everybody here who came to the year that everybody here, including those who met,
1: should see it. Amen. Amen.